Hey, this is Pastor David. Thanks for plugging in today. I believe that this word from God will encourage you, challenge you, and help direct you toward your destiny. A new commandment I give unto you, Jesus said, that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and understanding, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. Let's get right into the word. There's no one like our God, no one at all. Gave his son for us, Jesus the Lord. Who can love us like he does? No one at all. Oh, how we love you, Lord. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about the message, Look to Yourself. It is part two of a three-part series called, What is Judgment? There's a story in Mark 6 and verse 30 when Jesus was faced with a dynamic situation. See if you guys remember. He got in a boat to go out and be by himself, and the crowd figured out where he was going, and they followed him by land. And when he got there, he had great compassion on them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd, and he began to preach and teach and pray for them and heal their sick. And as the day went on, the people got hungry and they needed to eat. And his disciples said, hey, Jesus, the people haven't eaten yet. And he said, well, you feed them. And they said, this is impossible. You guys remember the story. And so uh, he goes on to feed 5,000 in this crowd. And what was interesting to me is that this was kind of a big problem. There's like lots and lots of people who are there. And Jesus does something awesome and kind of creates this principle for us that he separates the crowd into smaller groups out on the grass. So he divided that big crowd into smaller pieces that made sense to him. And then he started the distribution of food. And so we kind of did the same thing to help make sense of this dynamic subject, the subject of judgment. So I broke it into three categories for you guys. Judgment to the church, which we learned comes first, judgment within the church, that is believers among believers, and judgment outside the church, which is believers and unbelievers. And so we haven't talked about that message yet. Save to say there there are three categories that just make this a little bit easier for us to understand. And because judgment starts off with the church, believers are required to judge other believers by biblical standards. And this is how we live. This is how we grow in unity and in, in holiness. Yet, even as we look within the church, we still must look to ourselves first. Jesus says that we're supposed to address the plank that's in our own eyes before attempting to help remove a speck from your brother's eye. And I like how Jesus put that in the word. He put it in a way that made a lot of sense He was really calling us out by being so quick to judge others when we still have stuff going on in our lives, but it does allude to the fact that we are capable of removing the plank from our own eyes, at least in a limited or or partial way, that we can provide help to a brother who has a speck in his eyes. But first, first we have to look to ourselves. First, we have to address the, the plank in our own eyes, and we should consider that the process of mind renewal and the the process of maturity can take a while. Now, this makes a lot of sense to uh, a parent or maybe an herbologist or somebody who works with, uh, you know, plants and animals is it takes a good while 
for things to mature. And I remember even as my kids uh, were entering into this teenage, uh, pre-teenage, teenage, and late teenage stage, they would kind of be on a really wide spectrum. You know, it's like one day they're uh, reading a book and another day they're playing with their toys and, you know, are playing make-believe outside. And, and, you know, you think, oh, maybe they were, I thought maybe they were past that or too mature for that. And you just realize that the process of maturity takes a good long while. And so too, the process of mind renewal. And, and we are all on this journey. And the important thing is that, that we remain in process, that we keep going, that we don't stop, that we avoid becoming stagnant, that we just continue to move forward. I know that you guys have heard that saying that the thousand mile journey begins with the first step. So we just take that one step and then we take another step and then another step and we keep moving forward. We just refuse to become stagnant. We refuse to become stuck where we are. For example, God said that we know we're living in him when we live our lives as Jesus did. And that is that repentance isn't just words, that it looks like something. Repentance actually is an action. You can, you can see it. You can tell when somebody is being repentant. You can tell. And that's part of that journey of mind renewal. That's part of the journey of maturity is this living, active repentance that looks like something. We looked at this familiar portion of Scripture that spelled out judgment among believers, and our personal pursuit of holiness perfectly. In 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 11, if you don't remember, you can just pause this podcast, open up your Bible, uh, read that scripture, and and jump back in. Go ahead, I'll wait for you. So if you just did that, uh, you know that in 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 11, it gives us very clear instruction to, to, to the followers of God, that's us, about who to judge and how. And, and if you want more details, you can pause this again and jump over to the YouTube and, and have a listen. Matter of fact, I'll go ahead and include that in the description below. So if you don't know where to find that, uh, you can just follow that description and, and listen. But basically, believers are to judge believers by biblical standards. And believers are to avoid judging unbelievers by biblical standards. And I think that's really a very interesting and a very freeing truth, and maybe for some people even a difficult truth to to understand. I think we kind of jump to that, well, who's going to judge him then? Okay, that's a really good question. God's going to judge him. God is the judge of the, of the unbeliever. God is the judge of the outsider. He's the only qualified judge. I mean, think about this. You get somebody who isn't part of the church, who isn't a Christian, who doesn't really respect or love or honor the Bible, and you're trying to convince them to walk this moral road based on truths in the Bible. And of course, they're like, I don't listen to the Bible. I don't read the Bible. I don't respect the Bible. You respect the Bible. You believe the Bible. You follow the Bible, right? When we make Jesus our Lord and Savior— We've made Jesus the Lord of our life, right? If Jesus isn't Lord, then he's not our Savior. And to make Jesus Lord means to follow his word. So people who haven't made Jesus their Lord 
obviously they're not interested in following the word. To them, the word looks like ah, maybe some good wisdom. Maybe you know some people who might fancy themselves as enlightened might say, oh yeah, the Bible is you know it's a good book for wisdom. You know, and and Jesus was a spiritual figure who could teach us lessons. But they don't make that jump to making Jesus their Lord and Savior. Like he has to be. Lord. And of course, we know that Jesus is the Word. That The Word was Jesus' name before Jesus was incarnate, before he was in the flesh. He was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and nothing in this world happened apart from the Word. So we know that the Word was in and, and of it all, and the Word of God became flesh, became Jesus. And so when we submit to him, we're saying he is my Lord and I'm going to follow him no matter what. I'm going to follow this Bible no matter what. And we we make Jesus the Lord of our lives. So it, it doesn't make any sense for us to take that reasoning and apply it to people who aren't submitted to the Lordship of Jesus. Matter of fact, Paul said, what business of mine is it to judge outsiders? So we have this standard, and this standard is to be kept within those who believe, within those who desire to follow and submit to the lordship of that very standard. Now, more to the point of the the log in our own eye is that this scripture, 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 11, sheds light on what the pursuit of holiness should look like. And I think that's really interesting. How many times... Have we wondered, you know, am I, am I on the mark? Am I, am I missing the mark? Like, what, what exactly are the things that matter the most? Some of you know that I teach Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and, and, and in that school, we have these pillars, kind of this code of ethics that we live by there, benevolence and courage and honor and honesty and loyalty and respect and rectitude, and we talk about these things. We talk about them every time we come together, and we come together four, five times, six, seven, eight times, maybe even 12 times a week. We come together, and every time we end class by talking about one of these things or all of these things how they relate to our lives, how we can apply them. And listen, we should have, if we're going to do that in something as carnal as a martial art, we should definitely be disciplined and do something like that when it comes to the things that really matter, the things of eternal value, uh, the things that are going to last forever. Spiritual things, of course, is what I'm talking about. And we've been given these pillars, so to speak, of, of holiness. And they're sexual purity, generosity, loyalty, gentleness, sobriety, honesty, and integrity. Now just think about that list. If you don't believe me, go back and read 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 11, and you can see how, how Paul teaches. Actually, and I, like, I know how we like to say that, you know, because Paul was the author that Paul taught it, but this is God's word. God taught it. This is inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. These are God's words. This is God's instruction. And God says to not hang out with these certain people and he, and he, and he details uh, the behaviors and attitudes of those people. And so the opposite of these things actually is what creates this list of pillars, these pillars of holiness, sexual purity, generosity, loyalty, gentleness, sobriety, honesty, and integrity. And you should do your best to start getting those things uh, committed to memory. These are the issues of morality and holiness according to the Word of God. These are the issues. And, and again, you should, you should write these seven things down. You should commit them to memory. If you're a, a songwriter or a musician, you should make a song that includes all these things. Whatever you can do 
to get these things rooted into your memory so that you can that you can use this list to look at yourself objectively. If you haven't listened to yesterday's Daily Bread, go back and listen to that because I talked about looking at yourself objectively, looking into yourself. Many times we look to ourselves and we get depressed because, you know, if I look more than seven or eight or 10 seconds, uh, I start to get a little depressed at what a horrible wretch that I am. But I, I have to be able to uh, look inside and look objectively so that I can start making some course corrects, so that I can start making some real changes in my life that matter in, in my pursuit of holiness. And you can use this list to look to yourself and objectively consider your actions. You can objectively consider your behaviors and the motives of your heart, the real deep stuff. This is the stuff that, you know, it doesn't really matter. This is what Jesus is talking about when you deal with the plank in your own eye. Because if I see something surface level and I go, hey, this thing that's happening doesn't match up to biblical standards. Look, you know something much, much deeper than I do. You, you know the inside of your heart. You know the motives of your heart. And I don't. I don't know the motives of your heart, but, but you do. And that's why we never judge the motives. We always judge the action. You should consider also the items that are not found on this list. Think about this, guys. Here's a list of the pillars of holiness, sexual purity, generosity, loyalty, gentleness, sobriety, honesty, and integrity. Think about all the things on this list that you've been judged by, by other Christians and, and probably even non-Christians, that don't fall on this list that they think have something to do with holiness. For example, a real easy one, maybe the kind of food that you're eating or not eating. If they're judging you by those, they don't fall on the pillars of holiness or perhaps the clothes that you're wearing. You know, I, I know a, a lot of women struggle when they become Christians because, you know, they, they have this whole balance between, you know, they want to look good and, and attractive, but they also want to hold the line of, of modesty and, and purity. And I totally get that. And sometimes we get judged by that. Like people will judge us by, by what we wear or what we're eating or what we're drinking. None of those things are on this list, really. The, the list is sexual purity, generosity, loyalty, gentleness, sobriety, honesty, and integrity. And when you look at those things and when you drive after them, those are the boundaries. But there is like miles and miles of freedom between the boundaries. How many well-meaning believers have wrongly judged others on issues of holiness that are not rooted in these pillars? And how can anyone possibly navigate this list without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit? Think about it. We just talked about how these pillars actually kind of are boundaries. And within those boundaries, you've got all this room to run. Well, some people don't really like to consider it, but it's gray area. You know, we've got these really black and white boundaries, but there's all this gray area in between. And it's so important that we carry on a real and genuine, authentic relationship with the Holy Spirit so that he can lead us day in and day out as to the things that we should do and the things that we shouldn't do. And when we're getting too close to a boundary, when we're getting too close to a line and keep our hearts and minds fixed on what is holy, what is pure. The Bible says sexual purity generosity, loyalty, gentleness, sobriety, honesty, and integrity. These are the pillars of holiness. That and so much more you can find in, in this message 
look to yourselves, which is part two of a three-part message on judgment that we call, What is Judgment? You can find it at YouTube, and the link is below. God bless you. Thanks for listening today. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus that as your people pursue this path of holiness, God, that you would help them, that you would empower them, that you would speak to them. Lord, as they move and they're in power, they're looking to themselves to pull this log out of their own eyes, that we would do it in an objective way, that we wouldn't beat ourselves up. We know that there's no condemnation for those who are alive in Christ Jesus. And God, I thank you that we can look to ourselves in a non-judgmental way, a non-harsh way, to start that process of pulling these logs from our own eyes. Lord, I ask that you would empower your people to get that done in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you tune in tomorrow for more. May God bless you richly. Thanks again for listening. Without your faithful support, we wouldn't be able to do the work that God has called us to. If you know someone who would be blessed by what you just heard, please pass this along. At Strong Tower, we believe that you are a unique expression of God's love and creativity, and we consider it an honor to be a part of your journey. There's no one like our God, no one at all. Gave his son for us, Jesus the Lord. Who can love us like he does? No